0: Welcome to North Park Church. I am Pastor Anthony, and it is an honor to be with you today. I can't wait to dive into God's word together with you. So why don't you secure your Bible or open your smartphone and go to the YouVersion Bible app. If you'll hit menu and event, type in North Park Church, all of today's scriptures and notes are gonna be there for you as we continue in our series. Actually, as we conclude our series today. Christ in me. We're currently in a series called Christ in Me, and Jesus made it so simple for us. We make this thing way too complicated. And I know there's so much for us in God's Word to read and learn and try to absorb it, understand it, apply it. That's the hard part, right? And then be able to share that with other people. So we do make it complicated, but I want to sum the entire book up into a couple of words that Jesus gave to us Jesus basically said you'll love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, soul, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. So we want to love God and we want to love others. But you'll never love your neighbor as yourself until you first understand what it means to love him. And you're not going to truly love him until you know him. And you're not going to know him until you walk with him. And so this series is about helping us know him more so that we can walk with him and have this great relationship with him that he so desperately wants us to. Now, Jesus made some bold statements about himself. We call them the I am statements so that we can learn more about who he is and who he wants to be in our lives. And each week we've looked at, these statements in in, in great detail. And we've looked at statements like, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He said, I am the bread of life. He said, I am the door. I'm the resurrection and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I am the way, the truth and the life, The, the true vine. I am the great I am. He said, I am the good shepherd. And so today we're gonna conclude this series with a very specific question that Jesus asked his disciples. And I think it's a great question for us to consider today. Now, early in Jesus's ministry, there were a lot of questions about who he was. Now, by this point in scripture, Jesus has been healing people and been teaching some somewhat very controversial topics for his day. And in Matthew chapter 16, the disciples were having a conversation with Jesus and he asked those disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? In essence, what he was asking the disciples is, who do they say I am? When you're out there in the world, when you're walking the streets, who do those people say that I am? And in Matthew 16, verse 14, well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And then he asked them, but who do you say that I am? There's the question. Who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter said, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. What a great question. Who do you say that I am? That's the question that I want us to consider today. Who do you say that Jesus really is? Some of us would say Jesus is the healer. Some of you would say Jesus is my friend, a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Jesus is the one who pulled me out of that car wreck. Jesus is the one who rescued me from that painful, unhealthy relationship. Jesus is the one who delivered me from a drug or alcohol addiction. Jesus is the one who paid my mortgage this month. He's my provider. Like we would all say different things about who Jesus is, but it really doesn't matter what other people say or what I say, who do you say that he is? Here's what I would say. I would say he is the savior that you can always trust. He is the Savior that you can always trust. Now, if there were ever a time where we needed a Savior, it's right now. This world is crazy, y'all. Just this week alone, some of you waited in line for hours to buy gasoline. It's so crazy. We're not just running out of gas. It seems like we're running out of everything. I was in the line at Bojangles this week. They didn't have Supremes. I can't find pine straw for my yard. Chick-fil-A is running out of sauce. Like the price of wood is skyrocketing. Somebody told me they were considering dismantling their house and selling it off for parts. Are we getting punked? Is is there a camera somewhere and somebody's playing just a big joke on us? Now, here's the thing, those are minor things. Wars are raging. We all know someone who's been devastated by the pain of death. So many are struggling in their marriages. There's a lot of big stuff that we're dealing with today. We're still in a pandemic. We need a Savior that we can always trust. How crazy is it that Jesus, the living Son of the living God, my Savior and yours, has command over nature itself to be able to speak to the storm that was surrounding those disciples that day and just speak the words, peace, be still, and immediately winds and waves obey his command. In the same way, he has that incredible ability to speak peace into your life and mine. And I don't know about you, but I'm praying for that, for unspeakable peace. A few years ago, it just felt to me like everything in my life, and this was before pandemic and all things that have gone on in my family over the last few months, it just felt like so many things were up and down and I felt like I was in the middle of of a storm. And I remember just thinking how inconsistent things were in my life. And so my prayer began to be, God help me be consistent when life is not. In the middle of life's chaos, I didn't want my emotions and whether or not I felt good about that day or even my spiritual life to be tied to all of those circumstances. Life is always going to be that way, but I want to be consistent when life is not. I want to spiritually be consistent when life is not. I want to relationally be consistent when life is not. And so I'm not only praying that God speaks peace, into the storm itself so that winds and waves cease but I'm praying that God would speak peace, that Jesus through the power of his Holy Spirit would speak peace into my heart so even when things around me are raging, my anxiety is not out of control or my fear is not out of control or my doubt is not out of control but I am consistent in the middle of life when life is not. That's just one miracle in Luke chapter 8. As you continue reading through this chapter, there's like just one miracle after another. The Bible tells us that Jesus encountered a man who had been possessed by demons. In fact, when he asked the demon what his name was, the demon even said, my name is Legion for we are many. So it wasn't just one evil spirit that possessed this man, it was many. And this guy was just being tortured by these evil spirits. His life was in shambles. But Jesus took time with this man, spoke life into him, cast those evil spirits out of his life, and those evil spirits jumped into a herd of pigs, and then the pigs threw themselves off a cliff. But the man sat in his right mind, clothed and having a normal conversation. He was radically transformed by Jesus. But that's not all we see in Luke chapter 8. As we continue on through that chapter, the Bible tells us that Jesus had this encounter with a man named Jairus. And Jairus was a high ranking official. He comes to Jesus and basically tells Jesus that his daughter was dying. And he knew that if he could just get Jesus to this man's daughter, then all of a sudden she would be healed. He knew that that would happen. And so Jesus said, hey, take me to her. And on the way, while he's on his way to Jairus' house, All of a sudden, a woman reaches out in the middle of a crowd. We know her as a woman with the issue of blood. She had been dealing with this blood disorder for years. She had spent everything that she had on doctors. Nobody could help her, but she knew if she could just get close enough to Jesus to touch the hem of his garment, that she could be healed. So as Jesus is with Jairus pushing through the crowd on the way to his sick daughter, he feels healing virtue flow from his body. And he stops and he asks, who touched me? And the disciples said, what do you mean? You're surrounded by people, everybody's touching you. And he locked eyes with this woman who had touched the hem of his garment. And immediately not only was she healed, but he forgave her of her sin. Just one miracle after another. And then he goes to Jairus' daughter and then heals her as well. What we see is Jesus is so intimately involved in these people's lives that He doesn't just want to transform their situations or just calm the storm in their life, but He wants to do something specific in each of their hearts and in their lives and in their families, just like He wants to do for you. In each of these real life stories, these people have an encounter with Jesus that changes the trajectory of their lives. See, Jesus doesn't want to just change your situation. He wants to transform you. He doesn't want to just change your stuff going on in your life. He wants to transform you. Why? Because He loves you too much to leave you where He found you. A few days ago, I was working in my yard taking some calls, listening to some music. I was literally in my own world. If you know me, you know there's nothing more therapeutic to me than having my hands in the dirt and playing some flowers. I love working in my yard. And I just got lost in that world. I'd been there for a couple of hours. And as I'm sitting out there listening to music, I look up and I see this lady walking down my street toward my house with this beautiful dog. And then I realized, she's walking my dog. And I'm like, what, what are you doing? Like, like, that's my dog. And I did not even know Maverick was gone. I didn't know he was lost. Apparently Maverick had had enough. He was obviously tired of the hard life that he's been living in our home and wanted to see what it was like on the other side of the neighborhood. But this good Samaritan cared too much about my dog to leave him where she found him. She brought him home. Now before we said yes to Jesus, we're all so lost. And some of us still are. Jesus loves you too much to leave you where he found you. Think about these questions. What was your life like before you found Jesus? What difference have you seen in your life since making that serious decision, that that intentional decision to follow Him from that point to now. What's the difference? Because there should be a difference. In each situation in Luke chapter 8, and we just bullet listed those things, the story doesn't end with the miracle. The story doesn't even end with the initial response to Jesus. In every case, as you go through Luke 8, Jesus clearly gives each of them instructions on what was supposed to happen next. Why? Because he loved them too much to leave them where he found them. But I want you to notice, everyone has a different next step. Like in the very next chapter, where Jesus calms the winds and waves, he calls those same disciples together and gives them power and authority, and he sends them out to preach the kingdom of God and heal the sick. He tells the guy possessed by demons to stay in his city and to share his faith. He tells Jairus to simply stay at home, specifically told him to keep it to themselves and just love on their little girl. The woman he healed, the woman with an issue of blood, he simply told her to go live in peace. We all have a next step, but your next step will be different from mine. So I wanna ask you two very important questions. What is the Holy Spirit speaking to you about? What's the next step? Because I believe that the Holy Spirit will reveal that to you. Wherever you are in your life, I believe if you ask and you give him a chance, the Holy Spirit will speak to you about that. So what's the Holy Spirit speaking to you about? And number two, what will you do about it? If you want to take your spiritual life to a whole nother level, you must be obedient to the voice of the Holy Spirit in your life. See, we trust God for salvation. We just don't always trust Him for transformation. Second Timothy three sixteen says this, all scripture is inspired by God and it's useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. And it corrects us when we're wrong and it teaches us what is right. And we're pretty good about talking about the steps as long as it doesn't become too inconvenient. See, when Jesus cast the demons from that man, he allowed those demons to go into a herd of pigs. And the pigs ran violently down the steep hill into the lake and all drowned. And the people who lived there were obviously glad that Jesus took care of the man's problem, but not at the expense of their livestock. They ran Jesus out of town. See, we want Jesus to change our situation as long as it doesn't get too complicated or we don't have to change a lot of stuff. We want the miracle as long as it doesn't require too much from me. We want Jesus to solve our problems. We just want him to save our pigs. We want Jesus to solve our problems, but we don't want him to mess with our pigs. See, no one ever said following Jesus was going to be a walk in the park. In fact, Jesus himself said, take up your cross and follow me. In other words, it's going to be difficult sometimes. Obedience may be inconvenient. Obedience may even be uncomfortable. There are seasons in your life where obedience may even be painful. You have a choice between the path of obedience or the path of disobedience, and both paths may be painful or at least uncomfortable. The path to disobedience only leads to more pain, but Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life is the only path that leads to a life of purpose. And so if you want to see what God really can do in your life, if you want to experience this abundant living that Jesus said that He had come for us to experience, if you want to live on purpose in your marriage and you want to see your kids do something great for God's kingdom, if you want to pastor your city as a family, if you want to see people come to the knowledge of Jesus as their Savior, if you want to live intentionally to know Him and make Him known, then you have to make sure that you choose this path of obedience because that path leads to this life of purpose that we are called to live. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your strength for your love, your goodness, and your mercy. And you are a loving and merciful God. And Lord, you want us to experience this abundant living. You want us to live on purpose. And Lord, we have a next step that I believe through the power of your Holy Spirit that you're wanting us to take. And for some of us, that next step may be sharing our faith it, it may be serving in an area of ministry it it, it may be starting a nonprofit it, it may be sharing our story with a coworker lord it, it could be just giving being a just a person that's just leads with generosity irrational generosity lord it may be salvation it may be joining a life group lord it could be going public with our faith and baptism lord so many of us have a next step that's right in front of us and I pray that you would give us courage and strength to be able to take that next step because Lord we're not taking it alone you're walking this journey with us and I pray for those today that their next step is salvation they just need to say yes to you that they would pray a simple prayer that just says Jesus I invite you to be my Lord and Savior I invite you into my heart to wash me and cleanse me. I'm a sinner and I need your grace. And I ask you to wash me and set me free from the power, the presence, and the penalty of sin. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Hey, thanks so much for joining us today. As always, it is an honor to be in your home or wherever you're watching this today. Thank you for inviting us to be a part of your world. We love you and we are walking this journey with you. And we would love to get to know more about you. In fact, why don't you jump over to NorthParkRDU.com and click on that digital connect card. Give us an opportunity to learn more about you and also share with you some great things that you can be a part of in our north park church family also we'd love to pray for you about anything that you have going on in your life we believe that bold prayer honors god and god honors bold prayer so trust us enough to hit that prayer request button and let's join together and believe god for whatever it is that's on your mind and heart today and finally we'd love for you to invest in the mission to build lifelong followers of jesus and you can do that by clicking that online giving button. And I wanna thank you in advance for your continued generosity, especially in this season. I can't tell you enough how much you mean to us. And we are so thankful that you watch this each and every week, but we would love to have you in person. We are now meeting each week at River Bend Middle School. Currently we are meeting outside and hope to be inside very soon. But we're having a great worship experience each week, socially distant, and we would love for you to come and be a part of that. We love you guys, and we are cheering you on.